This is the Career Thrivers Podcast. We're a tribe for people at a crossroads in your career, personal life, or in your business. My name is Brittany, and I spent 12 years climbing the ladder in corporate America until my mother's unexpected death. I can vividly remember returning to work and realizing that there was more that I wanted to contribute, that perhaps the life that I was building wasn't in alignment with my passion and purpose. I learned that resilience is less about bouncing back and more about how to thrive through ambiguity and transition. The aim of this podcast is to help us feel confident in our decisions, no matter which way we go at the crossroads. Let's thrive together. Have you taken the time to unpack your career story and truly leverage those unique experiences that you have? This episode is brought to you by the Career Thrivers Do the Work course, an introspective and interactive course to help you really dig in to your past experiences and expertise to discover and leverage your unique value. Make sure you check out the course at bit.ly forward slash do the work course. That's bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash do the work course and use the code Thrive Tribe for 25% off. Now let's get back to the show. Welcome back to the Career Thrivers Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Cole, and I'm so excited for you to hear from our guest today. We have Yolan Morris with us. Yolan Morris is a corporate communications expert. And y'all, listen, you're in for a treat hearing about how she was able to take experiences that were outside of corporate America, actually experiences from leading in ministry at her church and apply them to really take an unconventional, against the grain promotional path at her corporate company. Yolanda and I used to be colleagues in the healthcare field, and I'm really, really excited for you to learn about her. She's also the founder and editor-in-chief of Wit and Grace magazine, which is a faith-based magazine for women. She is the new founder of the Care Deeply podcast, which is all about how do we care for ourselves and for others. Check it out. So Yolan and I met a certain number of years ago, but both working in corporate. Um, and so, yeah, that's how we know each other. We were colleagues, friends, and now sisters. So I'm excited. Yes. We worked for the same company. And it, it's so interesting because we actually both had the same journey. We started as interns. And then, and you'll probably get into this, started as interns and then what's in sales and then transitioned from sales to corporate. And yeah, and we met kind of in transition, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So tell us, speaking of that journey, tell us a little bit about just who is Yolan and then what what's kind of your career story, if you will. It's so funny that um, this is actually happening today. And, you know, it was totally a God move because I started my morning doing a social media training. And part of what I do, I work for a pharmaceutical company and I work in communications and activation. And so part of my role in terms of content creation and also engaging colleagues around social media, you know, and how to use social media So I have been training a lot of colleagues, most of them who have been with the company for 20 plus years on social media and the fact that it's okay to use social media at work. And Mm -hmm. um, so while I was training them today, 
on LinkedIn and I was going through how to upgrade your LinkedIn profile. And I noticed that I hadn't up- <laughs> updated my LinkedIn. So I actually went back into an e- you know my email to look for some notes that I had. And I came across several things. Like I came across like my grad school essay and from when I went to grad school a couple of years ago. And it really reminded me of my journey. There are times when if you don't, which is, you know, it's a good thing I'm a writer. I write everything down. I have a journal, but also I keep, I keep a lot of emails. And when I looked back on it and that helped inform my summary. So I have a new summary in my LinkedIn profile, but I look back at that essay um, that I wrote for grad school. And, you know, I've written several essays over, you know, over the course of the last few years, just about kind of this career journey that I've been on. And I recognize certain things, right? From the very beginning, I've always been a storyteller and I have it there on my, um, on my desk. You know, when I was a kid, I was extremely introverted. And so stories were my way of experiencing the world. And so whether that was like watching TV or um, reading a book, I was like a nerd. Like I was such a bookworm. I was that kid that would get that summer reading list and like get really excited. Oh my God. I'm so excited. How quickly can I read all these books? Right. And so, and I would get lost in these stories, especially because I was an immigrant. Um, I came to America when I was about seven years old. And also my mom was a single parent. And so, you know, you typical latchkey kid. Um, and it was like, don't leave the house. You can't go outside. So I would just spend a lot of time inside, like reading books and watching TV and really just developed a love for storytelling and, and writing and journaling was like my way of expressing myself. Never, ever did I imagine, right, that my path would lead me here, that it would lead me to work for a pharmaceutical company. Throughout school, throughout high school, I always thought I would go and major in communications and work at a magazine or work at like a media company. And actually my first internship, when I graduated from college, I was a part of, you know, summer youth employment in New York City. And I had an internship with Capitol Records. And I remember just working as a PR and marketing intern and really loving it. Like I put together press kits and did all those kind of things. But also like as a kid who or someone who's going into college, I was like, I, I need to make money. Right. And so I looked for paid internships. So I, because of some, it was summer youth employment, I think I was getting paid. I was getting paid like $6 an hour, but I wanted more. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I just... Sure always thinking about, okay. And I had like friends who were working in finance, right? So when I started going to my college, a lot of my, it's a business school. And so a lot of my friends were finance majors and they kept talking about how much they were making and what they were doing. And I was like, (laughs) you know, I am not that great at math. (laughs) I'll confess. So finance was not the path for me. Um, as a marketing major, as I said. And so it was like thinking like, what can I do as a marketing major? Like what's out there for people like me who are really passionate about communications and really like the strategy and marketing and other than like working for like a tobacco company or all the other things that would come, opportunities that, you know, people, companies that came to my school, I ended up applying to En-ROADS and which is a... 
you know, yeah. <laughs> an organization for, it's an internship organization for talented minorities. And I remember I had the opportunity the first two years to work for a real estate company doing marketing, you know, and I, so they own two large malls within the city. And so I had the opportunity to work on mall marketing for two years. And even beyond the summer, they kept me on year round. Right. But I still was like, "Mm," you know, (laughs) I need a job. And I knew that wasn't what I wanted to do post-graduation. It's so funny because I was, so I was in in inroads and I overheard a conversation and then usually this is, and, you know, I have a point in saying this because usually this is what I recognize in looking back at my career journey is that I kind of fall into things, you know, I know there are people that plan out every aspect, but every time I've tried to plan something, it doesn't work. Right. So I've Mm -hmm. kind of fallen into it or really like God has led me down a different path. And Mm -hmm. so I remember I was in some kind of like meeting of all the interns. And I think I was always like trying to achieve things. So I think I was like junior of the year for the New York City interns and, you know, really like going out there in terms of volunteering activities and things. But I overheard someone talking about their internship with this company. And I was like, oh my God, they gave you a car. Oh my God. Like what? That was everyone's response. Like the same thing you're talking to someone from New York. I think my mom had just bought a car like maybe a couple of years prior. So I grew up taking New York City public transportation, okay? Like bus, train. And so I was like, what? I get a car. And for the summer, it was on. Like I did that interview. I was like, yep, yep, yep. I love this. I want to do this. And I honestly thought I would stay like two years. I was like, okay, I'm going to save up my money. I was living at home. You know, once I graduated, they offered me a full-time position. And I was like, I'm going to stay here for two years. And then I'm going to go out and conquer like the meteor world. Did not happen. Golden handcuffs. <laughs> You're like, oh, like this car year round. The salary was great. I was winning awards. Like, And again, this was like actually surprised. I think it surprised everyone because- you know, especially at that time, I definitely still was not like the most outgoing. Like I led a lot of teams and I know how to function, you know, in group settings and in academic settings and, you know, again, a high achiever. But in terms of sales, like getting out there it, at first, I remember even like my first interview, it was kind of one of those like, <laughs> was like, what am I getting myself into? I have to like do this every day, like show up at physicians offices and talk to them about products. I'm like, oh my God, this is not what I thought I would do with my life. And I think, and I actually spent 12 years. (laughs) So from two years to 12 years, and I kind of was like, had this kind of mentality Right. It ranged from like, oh, I'm so lucky to have a job to like, what am I doing with my life? Oh, my God. When I get what am I going to get out of this? Right. I would have these conversations with like different friends, like or different people who were in the industry. And we would just talk about like all the things we're passionate about and the things that we really, really wanted to do. But this paycheck and was really something that held us because, again, when you come from a background where 
it's not an affluent background, you're just like, you'd be crazy. And you also have like a Caribbean mom, which I had like, you want to do what? That ain't the Lord. (laughs) That ain't the Lord. (laughs) Like mom, but I want to like, there's in, in, in just real talk. And I know this is a, the case, not just for immigrant parents, but I think a lot of African-American parents, like there's no such thing as following your passions, right? There, It is like, well, how are you going to make money? Like, yeah. how are you going to support your family? How, you know, so it's really about once you have a stable job and you have a well-paying job, you stay there and you stay there forever. And so that's kind of the mentality. So I was kind of torn between like, what do I do? Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit about me. Like just, I'm a writer. I am someone who is passionate about storytelling, but also someone who has really had to pivot and transition a lot in her career to find joy. Yeah. I love, love, love that so much. So many <laughs> over here, one having flashbacks about yeah. coveted inroads internship yeah <laughs> our shared mutual organization right mm-hmm. so I'm nameless, but um I, I always think that's so funny as a side, but it's just so funny to me because everyone in Nashville had the same thought as well of like oh they're going to do what and you get to do what and you get to do what sign me up sign me up right um, to your point like then you get it and you're like oh well, actually after kind of okay like this is interesting. So, but you navigated it. And like you said, you kind of fell into other opportunities. So talk to us a little bit about how you went from, you know, going from doctor's offices in sales. Now you're at the same company, but now you're in communication. Tell us about that transition. So again, it really has been prayer, right? I think there's so many times where I wanted to bounce. Like I wanted to leave and pursue other opportunities. But because I had a praying mom and because I was a person who believes in prayer and believes in like following God's direction for my life, I would always get a no. And so there was a time when I considered going to grad school because I think that's like the out for everyone, like going and get your MBA. Yeah. And I think it was, so it was back in 2010. So I had been at the company full-time for seven years at that point, right? So seven years. So I was getting like that seven-year itch, Mm -hmm. right? And so I remember, and this was something my mom fully supported. It's like, oh, okay, like, yeah, go get your MBA. And I was like, okay, I don't know what else to do. So I'm going to go get my MBA because that's usually what people do to try to pivot into something else. Mm -hmm. So I remember I was like studying, but not really studying, (laughs) It's hard. Let me tell you, if you work in sales, it is so difficult because a lot of what your day, what what your day looks like is like going around and talking to people and you're not, I wasn't like writing a lot during this time. I wasn't really like focused in terms of like being at home and, and like studying materials. Like we, you know, you have to study product stuff, but that beyond that, I was like, oh my God, I can't. So, but anyway, I, t- I took the GMAT several times. Didn't do so great. <laughs> to mention, like, math is not my And back to math. <laughs> like, mm, do I really want to do this? And it was kind of redundant, too, because I had gotten a, a bachelor's in business administration. So a lot of the mm-hmm. courses and, and coursework would have been similar. And I was like, there's got to be another way. And so what's so interesting is, again, overhearing or 
really like having someone kind of say, hmm, I'm doing this. And it happened at like, it was a meeting, it was a regional sales meeting. And I remember that a colleague got up and she spoke about this global health fellowship that she had done in Tanzania. And what was so interesting about that was that what I had landed on in terms of going to grad school to get my MBA was that I was going to do it in social enterprise, right? So I was going to figure out a way to solve some of the world's biggest problems, kind of like a charity water, or like a save the children and work in that sphere. And here she was saying that she had done that or she had worked for an organization in Tanzania on the ground, but still had her job, still getting paid. I was like, this is the best on What? And again, what was so great, and, and I want to back up a little bit, because for those seven years, yes, I was working for my company, but I was also serving in church. And a part of kind of what I had been doing with my young adult ministry, I was always like coming up with ideas. And, and I said, you know what, I think it would be great if we create like a magazine. And so I created two editions of the magazine and then I burned out because <laughs> I was like, this is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's working. It was a lot. And, but those two editions, those two kind of, of the magazine I had. And so when I found out about like this global health fellow opportunity, so I had had like this communications kind of experience, like helping my church with communications. And so in my application, that's what really came out. You know, I wrote about obviously like working in Brooklyn, Brooklyn, um, the diversity of working in Brooklyn just and also going on different mission trips had prepared me to work in internationally and to work with different groups, but then also doing these communications projects. So originally I applied to go, you know, work in uh, South Africa because I was like, I'm going to go overseas. But, you know, I'm going to be fancy. So I'm going to work in South Africa with this program and live in Cape Town. It'll be fabulous. That was not God's plan. My alternative was Switzerland. And again, did not work out. So those two opportunities, like I applied for the first one, they interviewed me and they were like, oh, you don't do PR professionally? Mm, Okay, no, no, thanks. Mm. And so I was kind of bummed. Then I got an email from this project in Rwanda asking me if I inviting me to interview with them. And I was like, Rwanda, that was not my plan. I know. I was like, you mean hotel Rwanda? Like that Rwanda? What? Right. And as often happens in my life, that turned out to be the right opportunity for me. And I used like the magazines and presented it to them and showed them my work. And they were like, we love this. We want, this is what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. And so I had the opportunity to go to Rwanda for six months and work as a global health fellow doing communications and media. And so obviously during that time, like, you know, one of the great things about doing something like that is that I was leading communications for this project in that country. So whereas Sometimes you're in a space and when you're working for a corporation, it's really, you know, you're pretty junior, everything's being told to you. But now they're looking at me and they're like, you're the expert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we hired you for your expertise. And I'm like, oh my God, I am an expert. I got to <laughs> figure this out. And I did, you know, and I um, had so many opportunities to work with so many great people. And even in coming back from that opportunity, 
you know, seeing the parallels. So I had the opportunity to work with Charity Water on their World Water Day digital campaign. When I came back, I, just so many doors and opportunities opened. And also even within the church, I had started a communications team. So I was leading a team of like 15 to 20 people wow. on communications and developed a blog for the church. And this is a pretty large church. It was had about 10,000 members. So, you know, in the young adult ministry had about a thousand people, a thousand young adults from all around New York City that were joining. And so it was a pretty great time to, for me to kind of practice communications and to lead. And again, I did that for a couple of years and then a door opened for me to do social media because I'd been doing social media digital. I launched like their young adults, like um, all their social channels. So like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. So I'd launched all their social channels. So I was pretty adept at social media and digital. And then an opportunity opened up within my company. Um, that It was a secondment opportunity working with the digital review team. And I thought, okay, you know, because this is how it's positioned to me, which is why you should, I think sometimes we, like I thought how it was positioned to me was that this job the secondment, they're like, you're just going to be in a room reviewing like social media guidelines, right? Nothing fancy. They lied. <laughs> it was pretty fancy. <laughs> but well, as with most the comments, and just really quickly, just so to make sure our audience is following. So the comments essentially mean like an internal internship where you're yep. still employed, but you get to kind of go do a special project for a specific amount of time. So just don't matter. Absolutely. Great point. And I think what I've also recognized when it comes to my career and different things was that a lot of it is, I don't subscribe to luck. I don't subscribe Mm -hmm. to that. it, It is, I do believe the hand of God opening doors and different relationships, right? So it's relationships matter. Yeah. The people that you meet matter. And a lot of times we meet people and they may seem you know, like not that important, but everyone is important. And, you know, that's just something to go by, like everyone you meet, whether, and it's something I think we learned in sales, right? Because a lot of times when you are in an office and you're waiting to see a physician who's really the influencer in that situation, but the receptionist, no, she runs that office, mm-hmm. right? So a lot of times you go in, you do not ignore that receptionist. You do not think less of her. She, and a lot of times the receptionist is also the physician's wife. You know, so you really learn in that kind of setting that every single person is important and every single person can help you in some way to influence or do whatever you need to do or or get done. And so it's the same. So you make friends, you know, and when you're going into any situation. And for me, when I went into that uh, on that team, I didn't really even understand how high up in the organization that team sat. So even though I was a secondi, you know, I was reporting, I was working with a vice president who was reporting into an ex- someone on the executive leadership team, right? Mm-hmm. So like my first day in the office of getting in this, the, the executive leadership team, that means that that person reports directly into the CEO. So I'm getting an email welcoming me to the team by this executive leadership team member. I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) And so I did my job and I did it well, but I also at the direction of my boss at the time, who's actually become like a really good friend. She said, you know, you are passionate about communications. You know, this is what you want to do. 
there was a conference, there was an internal conference happening. It was a pretty big deal. And the person who was leading that conference was on our floor, like next door to my boss's office. She's like, why don't you go talk to Deb and see if she needs help with this conference? And I was like, sure. Knocked on her door, introduced myself. And from there, I had the opportunity. So I kind of had multiple comments happening, multiple. So I had this like digital team that I was working on and I was meeting like senior leaders left and right. On the other side of it, I also had the opportunity to lead communications for one of our biggest conferences that we hold internally. And from there, because of those two kind of teams that I worked with, they kind of wrote me a recommendation for communication. So then literally the door opened. And I mm-hmm. want to really set the scene because, and this is why I say it, it's totally, it was totally God. Yeah. Because my secondment was supposed to be for six months. It ended up being for nine months. So then it ended up getting extended for three additional months. But in those three additional months, they were like, you know what? We actually don't need you. Why don't you, what you, what, who needs you is this person who's working in communications, right? And so I had then the opportunity to kind of work in communications for three months. And then there was a hiring freeze. So And why this is important is because at this time, it was literally no one can get hired or promoted. No one. Like there's this hiring freeze. They were supposed to buy another company. Everything was halted. And so in the midst of this, right, my secondment ended. And then I was supposed to go back to my sales job because that's what you're supposed to do once your secondment ends. Supposed to go back to your sales job. And so from there... I was like, I don't want to go. <laughs> like after all that experience, you're like, wait, you want me to go back to what I'm Mm-mm. I was like, this is not this is not the plan, right? Right, right. And I remember even, you know, our regional manager and having a conversation, you know, because he had told me at the end of the six months, like your job is to get a full-time job. Like this is what you want to do. Cause in going in leaving sales, I was like, this is it. I had said my goodbyes. I had burned my bridges. We were gone. <laughs> I was like, I'm done. See, like I had gone to all my doctors and be like, hey Sal, you may never see me again. <laughs> and so I was like done. And I didn't burn any bridges, but I was like, I'm like, I hung it up, but mentally, usually, mentally, I'm done. And so (laughs) I was like, what now, Lord? And this is how I know it was God, because obviously been praying, you know, and I'd even gotten, you know, I don't know your audience, but I'd even just gotten a prophetic word. That I was going to be promoted, and so I clung to that. Listen, clung, clung to that word, and I just believe that it was it was my time. And I think even to just get a little biblical, like I remember reading just in in because they had been at that point twelve years full time, and then thirteen years with my internship. And I just remember reading the story of Joseph in the Bible and that, you know, he, that was kind of his, his length of time. And I was like, well, you did it for Joseph. Will you do it for me? And so in the midst of this kind of shutdown, like no one's getting promoted. I got a job offer. I got a full-time job offer. He was like, let me just make sure that you know, this is me. Exactly. You feel me? 
have the shutdown. <laughs> and yes. <laughs> and so I found out much later, actually, that the hiring manager had gone to basically the ELT and was like, and had like championed for my position. Wow. It's like, no, you, you need, we need her. We need her. We need her. Not just the position, but for your line. <laughs> for your line. And the person who I had been reporting to had also championed for me and had gone to that hiring manager and was like, no, no, you need her. And so all of this was happening behind, like, I didn't know this was happening. I was like, oh my God, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And that was kind of like, even though I had had that word, I was still like, God, is is this real? Is this true? Is this really going to happen? And it did. Um, and so like, just recognizing that God will have people fight on your behalf. When it's for you, it is for you. Yeah. And so I kind of entered into this new season where, I've been for the last four years where I've worked in communications, leading a global platform. Again, <laughs> they're just like, here, this is yours. <laughs> leading a global platform. And then now also leading another platform for colleagues. So, and it's communications. I get to write all day long. I get to tell stories. I get to meet people from all around the world and really tell their stories. And so I was looking at that LinkedIn profile. And, you know, that one of the things that I mentioned is that I'm a purpose-driven storyteller. And so I, I get the privilege of telling stories. But even as I said, in, in the midst of that, and I know we're going to talk about the magazine next, but that was all happening in concert. Like those things were happening together where I did go back to grad school, but this time for communications, my company paid for it. So I didn't pay one cent for grad school. My first semester. So all of this happened with the, me getting, so I'd gone into journalism with the hope that once I graduated, I would land a communications job. That first semester was when I got hired. Like after that first semester, that was when I had the secondment. And then a couple of months later was hired full time. So I was in grad school, but I was already working in communications. So I was like, okay, but I'm here in grad schools and I got another year left. <laughs> what? <laughs> Love it. Love it. And what's so powerful. I mean, there's so many, just so many gems in what you shared, but one of them that I really want people to take away, particularly those that are working in a corporate environment where you feel like, just like you were talking about from when you were in sales, like, I know this isn't exactly what I want to be doing, but how do you make that transition into where you are, where you do have a purpose-driven career? I think the gem to take away from you is that you use outside experiences. Yeah. Your experience and your expertise at your church and you roll that into your studio and your brand in corporate. So they were like, oh, so Yolanda's not just a salesperson? Like, and you're like, oh, yes, hello. Let me show you my portfolio of what I've done. So I think that's just so incredible for people to take away and like really think more expansively about what your experiences are, what your expertise is and how you can relay that to get to a perfect opportunity. It's only meant for you. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Love it. Love it. So we know you now are in this really highly visible 
corporate communications position, but you still also, in addition to that, you're, you're in alignment with purpose, but I know you also have some passion and purpose-driven work outside of work. So how do you balance both of those worlds? I'm learning, honestly. So I, I launched Wit & Grace magazine as part of, so as I said, like that first year, I already had this communication job. So I was like, okay, what next? Special. <laughs> and so I had the opportunity as like kind of my final um, grad school project to launch a magazine. And I was, you know, something, as I said, from a kid, I've always thought I was, I'd work for Essence or Vogue or one mm -hmm. magazine writing. And so I had the opportunity to launch this magazine as part of the end of this journalism degree. And instead of like just doing like a fake kind of thing, I was like, let's really do it, right? Let's yeah. really, really like launch it and do it. But obviously I was working full time, finishing grad school and then working on this launch. There was a lot, a lot, a lot happening just in terms of burnout. And I had stepped down from ministry because it was just too much. And so really, I think the first year, really dealing with like a lot of burnout and a lot of, I think, expectations, right? Because, you know, social media and because I, I do it at work, so from my nine to five is creating content for social media. And then my <laughs> five to nine was creating content for social media. So I was like, oh, my God. I was like, yeah. <laughs> um, and I did have a team. I did have I and I still do. I do have people who um, contribute and submit things for the magazine, which is great. But I think that one of the things that I had to learn in, in terms of balance was that my journey is not going to look like anyone else's. Mm -hmm. So especially when it comes to like growing your followers or followers or things on social media, at first I was like one of those people that's okay. You got to have like this perpetual photo shoot, right? <laughs> and so like you're spending tons of money on a photographer. And I know there are people and, you know, I, I, I know I have close friends that do this, but like every Saturday, like you're doing like a photo shoot or, you're trying to come up with like the, the thing that's going to like make an impact or you're trying to like book a celebrity or, you know, there are all of these things that we think are going to work or think are going to grow our brand. And honestly, you know, something that is true in every area of life is that it's really the content that matters, like the actual like getting back to the heart of it, it's really the stories. Like, so the reason why, why I wanted to start the magazine was to tell stories, tell stories about the women, how kind of the things that they're doing and how they've inspired me in some way or how they can inspire others. And so really getting back to the heart of that. But I think one of the things in terms of balance is like really setting office hours. So that's something that I've started to incorporate is like, okay, so I know that I have a lot on my plate so now I have to make sure that I plan things in advance, right? So it's not like, okay, got to post this. Like I'm in a work meeting. Oh, got to post. I, you know, because that can be aggravating or I don't want to spend all my Saturdays creating content and then I don't have time for my family and my friends and, and, and people who matter. So really like setting office hours and setting, okay, on these days of the week, this is when it's going to be content creation time mm -hmm. and really setting that aside, but then really making sure I'm practicing self-care, you know, with it after like the first year, I realized how important self-care was, how important it is to like take a break. I took a social media break last year. I just really needed to, I really needed to 
find that balance. I really needed to, um, there was just so much, again, because I work in it all day long and then, you know, doing it for the magazine, it was just like consuming me and I needed to take a break. And one of the things that I realized, I think in taking a break was that the opportunities don't come because of all the things that I'm doing and all the things that I'm creating. If there's a door to be open, God will open it. Even if I have less than 2000 followers, even if I don't have a photo shoot all the time. And what was so interesting and what really showed me this, this principle was that it was literally the day after I took a break. Like I, I kind of Instagram, I so just being truthful, like I can't take a break from LinkedIn and Twitter because I use those for work. Right. Mm -hmm. So I had to still be on LinkedIn and Twitter for work purposes, but I took a break from like Instagram and Facebook. And <laughs> literally the day after I deactivated my account, I got a phone call and it was actually like, and the next day, another phone call. And those two phone calls were inviting me to be a part of panels, right? Highly visible panels speaking. And it was, you know, it was going to be a couple of months down the road. So I had done like this 40 day, I had decided to do this 40 day kind of break. Mm -hmm. And what was great was that the 40 days ended like a couple of days before that first day. Wow. Wow. And so, and a lot of what I had, what God was showing me during that 40 day kind of fast was, um, and that means I didn't post on Waiting Grace. I didn't post anywhere was that like he was in control, mm -hmm. right? And um, a lot of the things that I learned, I was able to share on those panels and different things. But again, it was just this reminder, you know, that again, as entrepreneurs, as women, we think hustle, 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 hustle. We live by this hustle culture. And if we don't hustle and if we take a break, then, you know, we're oh not going to get out <laughs> somebody else is going to snatch our worm. The early bird gets the worm, like all of those things. And it's like, no. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, sometimes like busyness and activity doesn't even equal the things that we're going to do. So you can do, you can do like a program and an event every day of the week. And that doesn't mean that it's going to get you anywhere, but really driving impact is like really creating meaningful things. And so that's what I wanted to do. I was like, instead of just like doing things for the sake of doing things, posting every day, because that's what they said you're supposed to post. You're supposed to post every day on social media. You're supposed to do this. You're supposed to do that. And it's like, no, <laughs> you don't actually need to do that. What you need to do is really um, create meaningful things that will resonate with people so that they are going to keep coming back. And even if you take a break, they're like, I'm, I'll be here when you come back. You know, think about like your favorite, whether it's like speaker or pastor or whatever, like even though like a Beyonce, Beyonce has not, I don't think she's posted once Listen, during the whole coronavirus. This is a poster child for y'all are going to get this content when you get it. When, when you get it, I'm going to give it to you when yeah, I feel like it. Because we know it's going to be stellar. Exactly. Or you are. <laughs> like give us Rihanna. People keep asking Rihanna for an album and she's oh, like, right, 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 right. get it when <laughs> when I give it to you. But it's that anticipation and that thing where they mm -hmm. feel like, okay, it's worth the wait. Yeah. Right. I don't want to just do activity and do a bunch of things just because it's like, oh my God. It's like, no, 
I want when I produce things that it's worth it. It's it's meaningful and it's worth it. And I think that's so true, especially right now that we're in the midst of this health crisis because so many yeah. people are like, well, you have more time. I mean, you should fill it up. <laughs> yeah, I know. Activity aren't synonymous. <laughs> so I love I that. It's like I've been filling up my, you know, I have some Saturdays where, you know, working on the podcast or I'm working on different projects, but then I have ones where I'm like binging, <laughs> binging on TV shows. I need to like binge on a workout plan, but <laughs> I think we all kind of have that on our list. I know. There's so many people doing like free workouts too. And like Peloton has like a 90 day thing. And I was like, oh, I should do right? that. Right. And then you start to kind of feel like that guilt because you're like, okay, I have no excuse. Like this is I have none. I have no excuse. None. But I love it. I love it. Well, thank you for sharing your, your career story with us. I love it because it is so against the grain, but it is still so purposeful and so powerful. And you are just proof that if you listen, if you are faithful and you say in your word and as believers, you trust God, like literally, like, there's so many, there's so many aspects of before. I know we've had conversations about this too where like you really don't have an answer and you don't know what the next step is and then he opens up that door it's like oh this is the path I'm supposed to take it was not oh my goodness <laughs> oh my goodness you know and I will say this too because what's so funny is you know I, and I mentioned like I spent 12 years in sales mm-hmm. everything that I do now I'm selling and you can testify to this like our everyday, um, just as women, as entrepreneurs, is you know, or side hustlers, yeah. that like those skills that we learn are forever skills. And so even in that, you know, where I I thought I just kind of fell into this, or you know, you can see God's hand, like okay, no, you need these twelve years to grow and develop you, grow and develop your skills in terms of influencing others. Because then when you get into communications, your job solely is going to be to influence yeah. people. Like literally my job is to drive engagement or, um, you know, we have 70,000 colleagues at our company, 70,000. So, you know, there are times where I'm on a call with like 3000 folks, or I'm on a call, um, or, taping something that 30,000 people are going to see. And so literally my job is influence, right? And so what is, you know, so just seeing that hand of you think that to be a communicator and you think that what you need to, how you're going to succeed is just like your writing skills. But no, I actually, you actually need to learn this too, you know, so that like little introverted girl, it's like that, that caterpillar that becomes this butterfly, but over the course of that time. So then it was like, who was that girl who was like, oh my God, I don't know what to say. Now you can't you show me to talk. No problem. And now it's, now they're like, okay, we're done. You're, you might be saying that right now too, Brittany. Brittany's like, okay. Uh, listen, Yolanda, this has been great. I feel like, you know, although we are both safer at home, I feel like we're taking a stroll in Brooklyn and <laughs> so I absolutely love it. So we always have this little segment where, you know, we're all about community and helping one another to be resilient through whatever we're facing. And so when you just think about your network, particularly, you know, in your career, like 
what what have, what are some examples of relationships that have been really critical for you getting to those next steps? And then uh, what advice would you give folks for really just building deeper relationships and their kind of own personal board of directors? No, that's awesome. I think that, you know, one of the things that, as I said, I've learned in terms of everyone is important. So there are relationships that I've developed with people not knowing how influential or how important they would be in my career journey, mm. right? Um, I, and I think specifically about uh, one of my mentors, and she's someone who was at my church. And I remember just she spoke on like a relationships panel. Her husband's a pastor. And, you know, I was like, oh, she's funny. But what I really loved about her, and shout out to her name is Vanessa. What I really loved about her was that she, um, was not like, you know, and not to make this sound the wrong way. She's not your typical kind typical of lady. Your typical first lady. <laughs> she wasn't necessarily dainty. She's beautiful and accomplished. But what it really stood out to me with her is that she had her own lane. Like she had her own thing. Like her, her job wasn't just like, I'm going to support my husband which I think sometimes is wives and I'm not a wife. <laughs> you can kind of fall into that trap. Like, oh, my sole purpose is to support my husband. No, she was like a CFO. She had her own company at one point. And so, but I didn't know that when I approached her, right? I was just like, oh my God, you're so amazing. And what's so fun, you know, and her husband was like a big brother to me. So I would just go to him for like relationship advice and stuff. And then slowly over time, I developed this relationship with her. And what was so good was that pivotal moment in my career when I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm done with sales. I'm ready to quit. I'm ready to leave. Mm-hmm. She was like, no, I don't feel like she literally spoke into my life. She's like, I don't feel like that's what God is saying. And I was like, okay, <laughs> all right, sure. And she and she's the one who actually introduced me to Carla Harris. Oh. She, she gave me the book Expect to Win. So I had to read that. Book. Must read. <laughs> Must read. And then really had prayed over me and over my journey. She was just like, I don't think that's what like God is just saying, like, no, now is not the time. And it was like a couple of months later that I landed that secondment. Right. And so just having people like her around to speak into my life and say, and so now she's someone I go, she's on my board of directors, which is something I learned from that Carla Harris book. Mm-hmm. She's on my board of directors. So like when, you know, there are different transitions or pivots in my career, like I'm going to her, she's someone who is a trusted advisor that I'm saying, okay, like, what are your thoughts on this? What do you think I should do? Or can you pray with me? And so again, like I just having relationships, I think is important before you actually need them, right? I think sometimes we wait until we need people to build a relationship. And it's like, no, build relationships with people just because they're amazing, just because you just want to like get to know them and they're dope. And then God will use them in your life when the time is right. Mm-hmm. And so just, um, I've seen that, you know, with you, like it was just someone said, you know, Brittany is moving to New York. You guys work for the same company. You might get along. And I didn't, did we know? <laughs> I didn't build a relationship with you thinking like, oh, okay, Brittany's going to have a podcast and one day she's going to invite me on. It was just like, oh, she's, we have similar journeys. Like, and you know, 
we have fun together. Like, this is great. And then we've been hopefully, you know, we've been able to like help each other in different parts, in different areas. And so I think that's what I've seen, like just building relationships with people, again, just because they're amazing um, and getting to know people just because they're people. And then you'd be surprised how you're able to help each other in those relationships. So I won't say like, I think, because I've, and I've tried, because I've tried the other way. I've tried looking for the person. I remember when I got into my division and I saw it was like another black woman and, you know, she's pretty high up, you know, and I was like, oh my God, like she's going to be the perfect mentor. She wasn't. (laughs) She really wasn't. (laughs) You know, not just because someone is black, not just because someone is a woman means that they're going to champion you. Right. And so I learned that lesson that it's usually not the people who I think are going to help my career that actually, (laughs) you know, all all the women that I mentioned before who like, championed me and went to like, well, like, no, you need to hire this girl. They were white women. Mm-hmm. There were women who were just like, oh no, she's amazing. And so it, it didn't come from the people and and that I thought it would, but it was just, as I said, it was, she, I was just friends. Like she, I was reporting to this woman and we just developed this friendship. I did not know that she was going to do that. You know, later on, mm-hmm. I found out she was a Christian. And so like, wow, God, you used her in such mm-hmm. an awesome you know and the fact that and what was so interesting and I forgot to mention this like in my first interview in my interview for that job for that secondment I had had my church on the um, obviously on the resume and I remember she kind of said she's like hmm she said the church's name and she's like hmm and later on months later I found out like you know she knew the church she had visited and I was like Oh, so you think, again, you think that's taking you maybe on your resume, you have to take off certain things Mm -hmm. because it might not appear the right way or people might like not respond to it. Well, I was like, I've only gotten opportunities because I've had like church and ministry stuff Mm -hmm. on my resume. That authenticity authenticity is is Mm -hmm. so, so important and intention, like what you're saying, being intentional about building real relationships with real people for no other reason than, than that they're amazing. I love that. I love yeah. That. And then again, like, you know, think about I, um, one of the things that I, one of the memes that I always love seeing is when people say she's got like, you, you have an awesome like girl chat, like hyping you up, right? Like oh, when, it, when it's going for like something. And I think about that with my group of friends, like sometimes all they do is just pray for me. It's like, hey guys, can you pray for me? This new opportunity is coming my way. And even that is like something that can help a relationship that helps you get ahead. Like having friends who pray, having friends who are just like, you're amazing. You're great. Like when I have my down moments, I know my group chat is hyping me up. They're like, girl, you launched a podcast. You launched a magazine. Yeah. Yeah. You're amazing. You know, and some that really you everyone needs that. I feel like yeah, they just you just need an app, like a girl group chat app when you're having a, like a down moment and you, you just like open the app and you're like, oh my god, you're like, oh, hey now. <laughs> That those are my relationships. Those are my real people that I know. I don't know Michelle Obama yet. Yes. I don't know Oprah Winfrey yet. 
-hmm. But the people who I know have helped me any way that they could. And I think that's what real friendships do, real relationships do. It doesn't have to be a CEO. It doesn't have to be, you know, someone who you think is a VIP. It's just someone who's real and really invested in you. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And I'm over here with chill, Yolan, because like to a T what you are for me when we mm -hmm. met and had no idea. And literally from like me coming back to work after having lost my mom and you just dropping by my office sometime or sending me a note, then hey, let's go get lunch or inviting me out after like those moments. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love you, Brett. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so how can we stay connected with you? So um, you can follow um, me on social media because um, we've talked so much about social media. So you can follow Wit and Grace Mag and you can follow us on Twitter. We're not that active, actually. Instagram, we're most active and Facebook as well. You can go to the website, witandgracemag.com to see all of our content as you mentioned the cure deeply podcast cure deeply podcast on instagram you can also follow me yolande underscore michelle on instagram <laughs> i realize that i really don't post that much on i have real talk i think i have about six or seven instagram accounts <laughs> for like different things <laughs> like the yolande care deeply with you for work so it's like i know i was telling that to someone the other day i was like i have like about 10 different email addresses but yeah so you can follow all of those things and i'll try to post more on yolan michelle's account but those photo shoots man i can't <laughs> i can't and i'm not about to post so I mean, to, it's got to be together. <laughs> it's it's got to be together. Post it. It's got to oh be quality. Okay. It's got to be quality. So yeah, on Yolan Michelle, you're going to see mostly like my travel photos. You're going to see like big things, maybe speaking engagements and different things. But Wayne Grace, you're going to see all the content and then care deeply. Um, you're going to see stuff more about like self-care, community care, how we can care for each other. You're also going to see that on Wayne Grace. Um, that's going to integrate as well. But yeah, it's just different aspects of me. Yeah. Well, we will make sure to include all of that in the show notes, all of the links. So you can definitely stay connected with Yolan. And as we end every podcast, Yolan, we always like to ask our guests, what does being a thriver mean to you? Wow. I think, look, my shirt kind right of says, on. right on, right on. <laughs> But, you know, whether you spell it W-R-I-T-E or R-I-G-H-T, can't spell right now. It's really like right on, right? It, I think that's what being a thriver is. It's getting up every day and giving yourself kind of like a pat on the shoulder, like right on, right on, like, and continue to write on, like continue to go. I think a thriver is someone who has been through so much, you name it. And continues to go on, continues to to do the things that they're called to do. And for me, that's writing. So I'm going to keep writing. On. Right on. Love it. Thank you so much, Yolan. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. 
Thank you so much for listening. I hope you were able to learn something that you can implement to truly level up. Listen, these are our first few episodes and it would mean so much to have you subscribe, rate, and review the Career Thrivers podcast. Don't forget to share with a friend and until next time, let's thrive together. Take care.